0: This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome back to another edition of Rockcast, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes with Spark Development Network and take a look at what's going on with Rock as a product and a community. We are excited to talk to you today. This is going to be the last podcast of 2019. Man, where'd the year go? I don't know. I'm Emily Foreman. I have John Edmiston here. And we have had a pretty incredible year. Um, so, it's definitely one to celebrate with a lot of growth and um, a few, I guess, end of the year updates of things we've been working on.
1: Yeah, so I'll take one of the first ones is the release uh, update. So, this week we have released 10.1. So, that is now in the early access release stage. Um, so, definitely be looking at that, be playing with it, um, hopefully, testing it on your test systems. And uh, when you guys feel like it's a good time for you to update to it, you know, go for it. Uh, it's got some great new features in there that I think is going to make a huge uh, difference from a ministry perspective. Um, all of our major releases have great features, but this one really has some great ministry ones with with steps um, being one of the highlights. But there's there's so many others in there. So super excited about that. And um, even since the conference, we've added new features to 10 that really weren't. In 10. And there's a lot of um, foundational work in this 10.1 that's going to allow us to put even more features in the 10.2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, so, one interesting thing that I don't know if, if everybody realizes is that we can only make changes to the database structure on major releases. So, that can be a little constraining um, on the you know, adding things in the dot releases, which, you know, we we technically like the dot releases to be more uh, patches and bug fixes, but because of the pace and the trajectory of the community, it's it's often the case that we have to put in new features because we're trying to meet the needs of of these um, uh, fast moving communities. So, uh, but but we are ha- hamstrung a bit that we can't put. Uh, database changes into these dot releases, but we've seeded a lot of database changes in 10.1 uh, with the ability, so that will allow us to build out some of these new features in 10.2, 3.4, 5. So, pretty interesting, lots of, of stuff in there. So, um, kind of leave it at that, maybe, um, but cool stuff. Uh, and we're already hard at work on 11. So, we've been working on um, getting trying to figure out what the dashboards should look like. That's mm-hmm. been really challenging. I, I think as a feature set, it's easy to think, oh, yeah, dashboards, we all want that. But then when you sit down with a white sheet of paper and you're like, how should this work? Because we know that the community has so many different ways of, of wanting to see that. Now, we have to put the the caveat that we're not trying to put Power BI out of business. Like These dashboarding tools like Power BI or um, uh, there's a whole suite of them uh, that people might want, they're very robust. They're very I mean, they have... Dev teams in the thousands who are working on them, we're not putting them out of business. We're just trying to put very simple allow you to put very simple dashboards using metrics and lava and such into
0: rock. Um, so more of like a, our own native tool set that lets you do some really simple, easily configurable type of dashboards yep,
1: exactly and the and the hard part is to do that in a performant way oh yes. A lot of things that you guys want to do is is just not performant um, at scale with huge amounts of data. So we're trying to figure out ways that we can um, uh, make that really fast and and um, be able to store the uh, uh, aggregate of the data um, within the dashboard so that it's it is fast.
0: That seems to be a topic that we've. Um visited and revisited a lot this year is how to make things performant at scale. And I feel like our team's done a lot of learning on that regard, but we've also started pushing some of that information out educationally into the community as well. Hey, think about performance before you go do just whatever can be done um, because you may run into to constraints that you didn't think about ahead of time.
1: Yeah, and I, our intent, and, and I want to make it a personal intent too, is I, I really want, in 2020, I really want to help educate on that, like our learnings, like what have we learned in that area? Um, because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about how computers work and especially around how much, what, what are the, what's the capacity of any given server and what's what's a fast way of doing something and what's a slow way of doing something. And um, there's some really interesting analogies I think we can bring out. And then we just really need to train on that because I think there's two reasons why, but there are two things we need to improve on to keep the scalability going Is is one is, it's it's your it's your fa- fault as a configurator because of the way you configured it but it's also our fault a bit too that we haven't had done more education and training on 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 that you can't just do whatever you want and make it fast mm. you can do whatever you want and maybe it works you know it, you can make it work but that doesn't mean it's it, it can scale with load under load um, or or be performant uh um, so, those are the things that we, we really need to, I feel like we needed to, to spend some time on. And I think we have the, the learning and some new tools. There were some really new, cool new tools, and some of them are just getting documented right now. Um, some of the stuff that we did at the conference, even to keep the app performing well, which I didn't hear one complaint about <laughs> performance. But I guarantee you, if we had done it the original way that it, it, we were going to, which was a very common way, it wouldn't have performed past like mm-hmm. the first minute. Um, It was very fast until I ran a quick load tool against it, and it quickly showed it couldn't scale. And so we want to teach that.
0: I think one of the key words I just heard you say was learning, and about how our team's continuing to learn. And I, I would just want to debunk any thoughts out there that our team has some like we're, we're tapped into some like huge database of knowing all things. No. And just reinforce the fact that you said we're learning things and we constantly do that because I think that's just a real key that we try and promote in our community too. Like everyone's learning. You should be Mm -hmm. learning. Um, There are very few people who stay stagnant that you see very much in the community. People are on an upward trajectory and so are we. And our goal isn't to like hide that knowledge Mm -mm. or keep it to ourselves. It's really to disperse it so that everyone wins.
1: Yeah. And I want to be honest too, but we, you know, we need to be humble about that. Like When you're walking across the parking lot, everybody trips. Right. You know, we trip all the time too. I think what the key was, you know, I did that load test.
0: Yes, that was key.
1: A couple months ahead of time in the privacy of my own home office. And so when I tripped, there was no one to see it, right? So sometimes, you know, you trip across the parking lot. What's our first reaction? Like, I didn't really see that, you know? (laughs) But you can also do that at home when there's no one to see it. And, uh, but then our, our duty is to say, Hey, there, there's a cord there. Don't, don't trip on that. Like when you trip on something, it's, it's a good service to say, Hey, there's a cord there. Don't trip on that. And I think that's the next step for us is to, is to share some of the ways that we've tripped and, um, just to help others not trip. But I love that point that you just brought up is like, we were, we're learning this stuff too. We're falling flat on our faces on some stuff and, and we just want to educate so that people don't have to repeat the process.
0: It makes me think about um, the early explorers, maybe Lewis and Clark expedition or something. They've got like blank paper, no idea where they're going, and they're creating a map as they go. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't go that way. We had to backtrack. There was a real problem over there, or you can't get across that huge gorge. And and then we have built upon that, and we have these really fully fleshed out maps because somebody went out there when it was a wilderness and, and learned about it and documented it for the people coming after.
1: Well, and that's a great analogy, and we and we kind of use that analogy when we're Looking at some of these new technologies, so we're trying to figure out like the roadmap of where rock goes in the next five, ten years. And th- with the state of technology, you just don't know what these changes and what these technologies are. So what we do is we say, "Hey, you take that one. Go, go look over the next hill. Like, what's over there? We don't know. Like, so go spend eight hours. Go research this little topic. Peek over the next hill. And we do that on three or four paths, knowing that we can only take one. But you can't commit to it, like Lewis and Clark. I mean, right." They had to go hey you go look over that hill and see if that's a good way you go over looking that hill and then come back report back let's just see which way we're going. But to us now 200 years later we just assume that they just rode the canoe right. straight there right but Of course
0: they avoided the quicksand wouldn't everyone? Right. Well, they didn't know it was there.
1: Yeah and I mean, it's not that that's not the stuff you report back in your little journal like. Right. Wasted 3 days going <laughs> the wrong direction you know that probably doesn't make it into the official trip journal but
0: definitely not into the history books you read in third grade now.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> but somebody did it, and we're kind of pioneering some new things. So it's I I see a lot of similarity in that.
1: Yeah, I do think we we got it's like a, a python e- eating a, a rabbit. Like it has to travel through the snake, and I feel like some of that learning is has traveled through. And in the beginning, we didn't even want to talk about it because we we're like, well, we're not even sure that's going to work. So why would we why right. we say go that way when we're not sure? But now some of those have gotten all the way through, and and actually they're they're coming out as documentation um in the next you know couple days weeks and, and some of it's already out though we just haven't highlighted it yet
0: i'm having a hard time with the analogy of the rabbit and the snake
1: well you know you eat the rabbit and then <laughs> the, the rabbit slowly works its way through the snake yeah and mm-hmm. it gets smaller as it goes mm-hmm. yes oh so it wasn't that you didn't understand it no it was just i understand you didn't really like it <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... well, i've been watching this veterinary show
0: i know you've been sharing i can a lot share about you that.
1: all types of things i thought i was watching it this morning as I ate breakfast
0: Oh, is that a breakfast eating activity? Most people
1: in my family say no, but I—I I guess I never even thought about it. But, anyways, it's on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, Dr. Pole.
0: Quick little plug there.
1: I have—I don't even have pets. Also,
0: be looking for the rabbit to come out the other end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't even have pets. But if you need, you know, assistance with any of your pets, let me know. I'm happy to help.
0: Mm. I'll take that into consideration.
1: Mm-hmm. From cows to dogs to iguanas, I've seen it all. Wow. Two seasons worth, at least.
0: Okay, so um, anyway, I think we're done with the animal. Okay, so we'll have a few more, <laughs> more features
1: back to features. Um, so we talk about the roadmap, but and people get interested in our roadmap and they want to know, know more about roadmap, but it, I think the misconception is they think that the roadmap is a static thing that we again know oh, and a static thing and the roadmap is not static. it's very dynamic it changes weekly daily sometimes, and two new things, two new features that we're uh, working on um, uh, that I think might be int- of interest one is a a camp tool but it's not really specifically thinking camp it's really taking the the placement feature of event registration and throwing it up on massive doses of steroids um, so it'll look a lot like almost like volunteer scheduling meets the placement tool drag drop it's just it's Got some really cool things to help you do from a camp perspective, placements in the buses, cabins, activities, um, but you can use it in a lot of other things other than camp too. Um, So that's coming. I think that's going to be exciting. And then we're also working um, with LCBC on a project to help them enter adult attendance. So we have a rapid entry block, but this is going to... put some steroids on that too. Um, but it won't all, It won't be specifically just for adult attendance. You can also do like connection cards. If you're entering connection cards from your weekend, you could quickly easily launch workflows based on that. And I think what's really cool is that they need it specifically for their adult attendance, but they're, they come to us and they say, hey, this is, this is our need. We, we have to meet these needs. But if you see something else here that we could add to that would make it more community-wise, we really want to invest in that too. And I love that about this community. That's what makes this so special. There's no, like, you can't go to Salesforce and have one of their customers say that. like That's true. And darn it, if we could pay a little bit more to make our competitors a little bit stronger, let's <laughs> do it. You know, no one says that. But there's so many churches in the community, and LCBC is a good example of a, of, of a church that has that heart and says, hey, if, we, if you're in there and you can make a few tweaks and make it more powerful for others, please do
0: and I like the things that you were just mentioning that we do internally. So we had a request come in for camp tools that seemed to be one that was needed by several different churches, but we take it and think, does it have to only work for camps? How can we structure this in a way that it can be used for other things? Then you have to kind of blow your mind and think, what else could that be? How big do you go? What direction do you go? So there's a lot of time and space and consideration given to that to make everything so much more extensible.
1: Yeah. And and you say that's, that's a great point because it, I almost wanted to have a whole podcast topic on how to not be tricked by your ministry leaders because they come to you with a feature request. And we have a whole thought process on how we do this here, but you can get tempted and, and you can get hypnotized by exactly what they're telling you and you can provide them exactly what they told you, but that's not really what they want. And so this whole like interviewing technique that we mm-hmm. use to make sure that we get what they want and we understand what they want without getting hypnotized so that we can still think with an open mind this is okay what what you really want is this right and then we should do a whole podcast on that cause.
0: we should that's a great idea we have internal manuals we build up with our own best practices and things to for internal training and that's one of the topics we cover and we use if anyone's familiar with that old old jungle book cartoon we use a picture of the snake what's his name is it ka i think and his eyes are like those big circles he's hypnotizing um, the boy and and you, there's this screenshot of that that just looks like the hypnotizing eyes and the face and that's that's kind of how we refer to it it's not that they're intending to hypnotize anyone right. at all there's no intent there but right. it is like think like I'm telling you and you just jump into this framework of thought before you approach it with a more like scientific approach of let's figure out what this all is in full um, and it's that's kind of one of the things we talk about a lot here.
1: Yeah, in fact, on these two projects, I actually found myself almost got I almost got hypnotized by a few feature requests. I'm like, oh, oh, wait! So I was doing exactly as written. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's not really what they want. If we just did a slight tweak, it would actually do this, this, and this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I almost got hypnotized. Um, and what you return back, they're always like, no, that's even better. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, but there's a whole like technique to that,
0: right? That- Reading people's minds without taking their words at face value
1: yeah and some and some patterns you just have to like go through if you go through them you can dodge the snake eyes yeah. which scarred me as a child by the way that movie that movie did yeah that was, I can't remember the name of the snake but I know that snake because I had many nightmares about that snake
0: yeah I think it's Kaa
1: yeah I don't know but
0: it's been a while I'm gonna have to watch that this weekend now yeah I don't think I want to <laughs> that's okay you watch your veterinary show
1: right hmm So those are two new features I just wanted to throw out there. And like I said, some of the plumbing has already been added to to tend to receive some of those um, changes. And that
0: takes a lot of planning to pre-think. I know we can't deliver this fast enough to get it into the first major version release, but if we're going to get it in before we get to the next major release, what are we going to have to put in place to make that happen? That's a huge amount of planning.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like... Almost like you're sending two things on different trajectories and they have to land on top of each other. It's like if you're going to shove a cart down a rail and then throw a football into it, down that thing. It's two trajectories, but they have to land perfectly. And if you're missing one piece, it's already too late. It's like in concrete. So you got to wait for the next major release to fix it. So, yeah, it's never a dull moment on
0: that. No, definitely not. And one of the other things that we've been looking at and spending a lot of time in is the consideration of GDPR and Mm -hmm. what the European approach to data privacy is going to look like. We know some churches have, a a few have a European campus. Um, We also can see kind of writing on the wall that that's probably going to move across the pond this way at some point in the future. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, So we've put quite a bit of time into research and trying to understand from a product perspective, from a process perspective, what the implications are of GDPR.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting process. It's not been an easy one either. I invested a, quite a bit of time as a team um, on that. Uh, so I think what we kind of came up with, and it's kind of an interim you know, process of where we are, but all the research kind of shows that this has got major effects on churches mm-hmm. and uh, Laura on our team, she did a, a lot of great research, talked to a lot of um, lawyers and different services that help you with through this. But we'll, I think our conclusion is that if we added those features today to to rock, that no American church would actually uh, um, voluntarily want to enable them. It mm-hmm. basically is handcuffing your ministry in a lot of severe ways. So, uh, People have a right to expunge their data. That's not a big deal. We could do that, and I don't think that would hurt anybody. People have a right to download their data, and I don't think, again, that's not a big deal. But the big one uh, uh, is, and there's more, but the, ne- the next big one is uh, you can't show people aden- personal identification, personal identifying information unless they've signed and agreed to a clear po- privacy policy. So imagine going into Rock tomorrow and only seeing first names,
0: right? Because last names are part of what they consider mm-hmm. personally identifying information and so, email addresses,
1: and and pictures. And so imagine typing T. Deck to search for Ted Decker and seeing Ted, 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 and no, uh, and you can't see the last name. Right. You can't see anything else. And imagine going to a group list, a group member list, and and only seeing the first names. Um, now for the, the leader that might kind of work because they probably, okay, well, I only have one Alice and I know exactly who that is. Um, but until they check that box, <clears throat> you can't see that. And the transition period would be very um, difficult. And I, I think, you, like you said, it's going to happen. We, we need a plan for that. We need to be driving and steering the car towards that. But to do it today, you know, I don't think any, any senior pastor is really going to sign up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, you know, when I have to, I'll maybe I'll do it, but
0: or any data integrity volunteer team. Can you imagine deduping in that scenario? <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: it Ted or Ted? Yeah. No, 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 you can't see the picture. You can't see that.
0: And you can't reverse it. <laughs>
1: good luck. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can That's a good point. Now, I think we're gonna look back in ten years and 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 really all the data systems that we have today, we're gonna think, wow, that was Wild West. I can't believe yeah. we would let people do that with our data. Like we, we feel like as a church, we own that data. We bought the system. You know, we, we donate to Rock and it's on our server and they gave it to us. Like, why can't we do whatever we want with the data? That's going to be a total mind shift in the future where it's going to be, no, it's not your data. That person has given us permission to um, temporarily access and see certain parts of it,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but they can also take it away quick quickly.
0: Right, and and part of this is that they can give you allowance to use certain data for a certain purpose. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a data policy that really outlines what purpose you're using their data for, you're not in compliance.
1: And if you don't get it right the first time and they sign it yes. and they agree to it and you have to and you want to augment it, it's it's you gotta go back through it again. Right. So I think setting up that data policy is gonna be very important. And then there's a whole bunch of regulations that we haven't even mm-hmm. talked about. We've been talking about features, but right. there's a whole bunch of regulations um, that are a little cumbersome but you know, nothing that, you know, it's no worse than PCI compliance, uh, but uh, still not fun.
0: Right. And then you have to take into consideration things like how does HR treat the recruiting process and the candidates and are your, how are your physical premises secured? I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff to consider in there. And a lot of this is um you know they have standards it's these standards that you have to meet and they might be a little bit loose yet so they'll be refined and defined through um the court system uh, the legislation has put the loose boundaries in place but the court system is probably going to play that out over time yeah. so it's still a bit loose
1: and so it sounds like it's there's sim- similar proposals being draft, drafted in the um, in the federal level but you already see some states jump in the gun a bit mm-hmm. and honestly I think that's the worst thing that could happen is to have 50 different options. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: From someone who's looked into sales tax all over the country in different areas, <laughs> yeah. I confirm we should not have a different policy for every state on this.
1: Yeah, because that's a state local, county, yeah. municipality, even like Borough, I mean that's just crazy.
0: Let's all get on board together here, people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm all for a weak federal government, but at a certain point, there is a benefit too. So, uh, yeah, so we did a lot of learning on that, and we're. I think the next step for us is to really start pushing some of those features into Rock that to self expunge your data mm-hmm. and to self download your data to be able to accept a cookie policy built into the core I mean you can do that today obviously but to build it into the core and, and have that drive and set the right values in certain places and maybe a tool to help you build a p- privacy policy that's dynamic um, and helpful mm. like a template you know mm-hmm. I think those are the things that we would put onto the roadmap in in preparation for what might come in the next two to three years um, but if, if there's if that's a hotter topic for you, you know, reach out. We can mm-hmm. maybe more inform you more about what we learned. But right. at this point, I, I don't think any executive pastor, or senior pastor, is going to say, "Yeah, let, let's do that."
0: And I think we've also learned that probably none of the systems out there are. Um, it doesn't look like providing a gdpr compliance package that you could use uh, you can go to get individually certified through a company that provides that certification and they will likely come on site and do a whole bunch of audits and things but it doesn't look like there are any software packages that if you use them will extend an umbrella of gdpr compliance that will cover your whole organization
1: right that's that's yeah you're exa- exactly right. and it seems it appears that there's one who who says a lot of stuff about gdpr but they're really talking about their own internal Organization be, being GDPR, not necessarily the product, and right. the product doesn't have necessarily the features that I that we just described. What they, what we would appears that it is is like, hey, well, if, if they don't have, if they haven't signed this, don't put it into the system, right? Which is that's one way of doing it. That is, but a powerful church management system, a relationship management system, if it's powerful and if it's if it's modern. The person is actually the person putting their, their 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 data into the system. It's not someone data entering it, um, you know, driving from the website mm-hmm. or f- from massive amounts of different ways, texting in. Um, you don't. We often don't have control at those points. Like we want people to self-enter their data mm-hmm. into the database because that's self-service and that's what people expect. So the tools have to be built to get that privacy.
0: Right. So pretty interesting topic.
1: Yeah. I mean, to think of a text to workflow that creates a new person, that happens in many, many churches. Like, there needs to be a a reply back that says, hey, welcome. Like, if uh, we don't appear to know, you know, have your information on record, could you please uh, sign this privacy policy um, as a next step? And until they do that, then they have to be uh, somewhat private in the system Mm -hmm. until that happens. Some ways it's fascinating. In some ways I, I I don't like this because I feel like it's going to hamper us. But I feel like in the future we're going to look back and go well, like, of course we should have done it that way. Um, but interesting.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, we're looking ahead to twenty twenty and thinking about some really incredible things. Our first masterclass of the year is really going to come up quickly. It's at the beginning of February. We've heard a lot of interest from a lot of different churches. I think um, quite a few put on their budget priority this year to get that rock training, and definitely the beginning of the year is a good time to kick that off. Uh, We've been hearing from churches, too, that have had maybe one or two people come through that they want to deepen their rock capabilities on staff, so they plan to send additional people this year. I will say we've heard that those spots are going to probably fill up fairly last minute, fairly quickly, so mm-hmm. I would I would jump on that now if I were you. We just seem to have heard a lot more interest in this particular class than maybe we hear on our others sometimes, and they tend to fill up too, so I would jump on that one.
1: Yeah. And it's just interesting to see the change over the four days of when someone comes and when they leave, they just have so much more confidence and knowledge. Um,
0: And the confidence is really surprising to a lot of them. mm -hmm, I think that they come out and say, oh, you know, there were a lot of things that I already knew when I came in. And that made me feel so much more um, uh, able to learn the new content that came my way because I felt like, oh, I did. I learned that little piece already. I know I can do this. So that's been very interesting to hear.
1: Yeah, if you come to that class and you put a moderate amount of effort into it, you come out with so much mm-hmm. more knowledge. Even people who, who thought that they knew rock really well, they feel more confident in what they knew because yeah. like, okay, I knew that. And then they always come back with "They like, oh, go, and I, and I learned so many things. And, and there's something about being in that class too that people are asking questions that you maybe never would have thought of or they have a ministry, right. um, rest, a concept at their church that you don't have. But by hearing about it, you, you're, you're learning to think like in that extensible rock way.
0: Right, and they're making these long-term relationships with people that they meet up during the class and spend all this time with, and that's their like first go-to. Hey, do you remember that thing we talked about? Yeah. It's been really cool to see that happen, too.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I hear that a lot when people say, oh, yeah, we, we were in master class together back in.
0: It's, graduating alums. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like they're
1: like, oh, we went to high school together. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, slightly smaller class sizes, I guess.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Although we did put, what did we say, 114 people through master class last year? Yeah. It's pretty good.
1: Pretty legit.
0: It is. We also have our conference coming up. And not only that, but today, I know this is kind of uh, earmarking a date for what we're doing and when, but I don't know when you're listening to it. But today, as we record this, we're getting ready to go visit the conference site take another little tour, start getting the exact rooms planned for exact sessions and some fun things like that. We are moving forward faster on this conference Mm -hmm. than we have on any other one because we know it's going to be bigger. And there will be some changes this year that are a little bit different from previous times. And so we're making uh, good progress at a very early rate. And you should too, because our early bird ticket price is evaporated as of January 1st. So if you want to get your conference tickets on early Bird pricing, get that in before the end of the year. January first, the price goes up to regular ticket prices.
1: Yeah, and get it on the 2019 budget too.
0: Absolutely, you know,
1: I start off 2020 with. I know less money.
0: Whatever you have sitting there on the end of your budget, consider things like uh get your tickets in place for the conference, your master class of course, and then think about the rock shop. What are some of those plugins that you need that you haven't been able to get? This could be a really key time to just get those purchases made. Um, and then you can dive into how to do them after the Christmas uh rush. Yeah, after the Christmas rush is over.
1: Yeah. And while booking well while getting your resort uh your registration for Rx, make sure you book the room.
0: Great point.
1: you got to get in that hotel. The the experience is going to be so much better if you're staying in the hotel than Mm -hmm. if you're out, and and the rooms will fill.
0: Right. We're looking at the number of rooms available and the number of people that typically come to our conference, and we're confident that they are going to not have enough space for all of us to stay there. So you don't want to be that person who didn't quite get your room reservation in on time.
1: Yeah. The experience is going to be totally different. It
0: will be, yeah. Well, I guess this is our wrap-up for the year. It's been a pretty incredible 2019. We've seen a lot of growth. We had an opportunity to walk through that with our staff this week in a staff meeting. And um, it's it's just pretty incredible to see the ways, I guess, not only that numbers have grown, but really that people have grown. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that across the community. We've seen more people growing more in a new and different ways. and And that's kind of what this is all about. So... Um, we're really looking forward to seeing what 2020 has in store for us because 2019 has been a pretty incredible year. It has been. Well, a Merry Christmas and a happy new year to all of you. And we will be back with our podcast in 2020. Thanks for tuning in.